Ready to clap? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one. Hooray! I think that was a little early. (laughs) Oh, that's close enough. Okay. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Simpson. Today, I am here with Adam Gorin to talk about the song, See the Constellation. We haven't been talking for 17 minutes already. No. Not at all. Hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, I guess let's, you know, how did you, um, cause you were in a lot of punk bands before you did, well, that would be, would that be accurate to say you were in a lot of punk bands before you went solo, so to speak with the package? Uh, yeah. I mean, that I, that's what I spent much of my yeah. high school, college-ish uh, years playing in punk bands with friends. Yeah. Was the guitar your first instrument? Actually, I think I took piano lessons for like a year or two in third or fourth grade. Mm-hmm. But guitar was mainly the instrument that I actually wanted to play. Yeah. So you never did a band instrument then? Oh, wait, actually, I Mm -hmm. was just lying. In fourth grade, I played the snare drum. Yes. And I recall (laughs) an assembly playing Row, Row, Row Your Boat with other people on the snare drums as well. (laughs) Yes. It was beautiful for all parties involved. (laughs) Yep, yep. As a beginning band. (laughs) <laughs> director myself i uh i'm i'm fond of the the squeaks and squawks and the attitudinous because they're just so excited uh, to be making a sound at all it's just you know it's just the you know i'm I'm glad i don't have perfect pitch i don't think with perfect pitch could teach beginning ensembles i've taught orchestra too and man early violins it's so woo, it must uh, take a, a special sort of uh I don't know, tolerance, stamina to patience, to patience I think would be, yeah. yeah. Um, it's fun though. Just, uh, knowing a little bit about all the instruments. I mean, I can play a little bit of everything. Trombone was That's my awesome. scholarship instrument, uh-huh. um, but I probably play more guitar and drums than anything now. Okay. Yeah. I actually played drums on a cover of see the constellation that is not recorded me and my friend Andy D. I don't know if you've if you would have ever heard of Andy D, but he does a similar thing to Adamant's package, though it's more of the it's more like his whole shtick is more of a very sexual prince type thing, but he's got his iPod with his synthy drum machine backing tracks and he's got 
a fine mustache like myself with like a rat tail and lightning bolts inside of his head and he does the whole thing and like a he, he's a little chubby but he does like a belly shirt and he's real short shorts and me and him collaborated and we programmed uh we did a whole midi thing for see the constellation but then i did live drums to it while he gyrated at the in front of the stage <laughs> at this tribute show and it must not my dad had photos because they came down to bloomington for it but no, no video or audio, unfortunately. Oh, that is <laughs> that is too bad. I was digging in Askinfield. I would have loved to unveil that. Uh, I I have no problem embarrassing myself. I think as an elementary music teacher, I'm sure I do yeah, it daily. I think we we probably as a profession have pretty high tolerances <laughs> for self embarrassment. Yeah, you, you can't. Uh, yeah, my inhibitions are are quite low at this point, and uh, and I like it that way. I make a fool of myself. <laughs> constantly uh so okay so then when did you get into so you were a punk guy and i grew up mostly listening to punk stuff too post dookie uh and when did you get when and how did you get into they might be giants so i think i i mean even before liking punk stuff like always loved music i remember uh i mean just I think like probably like third grade was when I probably first got my like a radio. And I remember that, and I, I grew up, I'm a little older than you. Um, so I grew up in the eighties. So there was always all this really, really excellent, like eighties pop music on all the time. So that was, that was good at that point. I loved like the Beatles and a neighbor had played punk records and stuff for me, but I think I got into, they might be giants. There was a friend of mine. I went to, uh, for the first five-ish years of my schooling, went to the public school in my neighborhood, and the friends that I made there are actually still, like, my close friends to this day, um, and we ended nice. up playing music together in different bands and stuff, but um, uh, then, like, after like after fourth grade, I went to a different school. I went to a, a private school, mm-hmm. and there I had... Very, very, very few number of human friends, and um, <laughs> one of them was a guy named Everett. It was, it, I don't know if, like, uh, outside of, I don't know if we would have been friends if, in, outside of this sort of, like, um, I mean, I, he was a great guy. I just think that we were different folks, but I think because of sort of like the nature, it was a very sort of like old boys club, uh, mm. kind of a school. And so there were not mm. a ton of, uh, weirdos. So, um, <laughs> I think that we tended to sort of, uh, congeal. I don't know if that's yeah. the right verb, but, um, and so my, this, my friend Everett had, he loved, they might be giants. He, um, and it, I think at this point, this was like just before flood had come out. And I remember just sort of seeing like, I think he had a CD and I remember it had the snowman with the like top hat on. And I just remember like not knowing much about them, but I I think my first like real exposure to um, their songs was when flood came out. Um, And I think he had lent me the CD and I loved it. And um, uh, so I went out and bought it and, you know, ended up loving, you know, getting and then loving the first record and Lincoln. Um, but I, I remember when Flood came out and loving it. But I also remember a review coming out in Rolling Stone for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and 
it only had like it only got three stars out of five. <laughs> and I remember looking at that, and I was just it was it was one of the memorable times where I was like, that that's stupid. Like I was like, <laughs> like there here's this magazine that is supposed to be sort of like the gatekeeper of right. rock music at that time. And I remember thinking like, no, that's not right. This record is great. Like I remember it said something about like thinking, I don't remember the exact uh, lines, but it was talking about like the horns in your racist friend being like corny or something like that. And I was like, I was like, this person doesn't know what they're talking. I was like, this record is great. Um, <laughs> so I think I remember that being my first sort of exposure to them. Were, were you taken by the, was this your, well, I guess a lot of 80s bands had drum machine and stuff. But as far as rock bands go, I mean, they fit under the broad umbrella of rock. And most rock bands were not down with the drum machine, at least not in 1990. Yeah, right. I mean, this This was, and as I'm very, very confident that you know, this was before they were like a full-on band, and that they they were, I mean, they were just like the two Johns at that point. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, I don't know, I, I, I don't think it, it, it didn't bother me. That was, and I think that probably like informed a lot of, stuff that I was interested in doing later and just sort of kind of made it clear from the beginning that like, you don't need those humans. Yeah. 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 That's what I was wondering if you're like, man, rock band. Yeah. That like Mike Park was saying, he's like, he was surprised how much noise just, just two guys could make. Yeah. Which, yeah. Very cool. Um, Pretty ingenious, really, and it's a lot easier to go on tour too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Two guys, yeah, yeah. I was trying to find that Rolling Stone review you were talking about. Maybe they've wiped it. Uh, they've, they it never made it onto the internet because they're just ashamed of it. Really? From what I no, I don't know. I just can't find it. Uh, they they did put out a flood track by track guide in two thousand nine. So um, that was to celebrate the twentieth anniversary of it. I guess in two thousand ten. Rolling so Stone did. Yeah, so they they oh. they came around to it so eventually. Yeah, they were probably I, that, listening to me. That's <laughs> that's it, it's it's funny though that even their their best selling album, one of their most iconic albums, people still like just didn't understand what they were doing. Really, I think that that's mostly it. Like, yeah, like when they're using like synth or MIDI trumpets, they could get someone to really play the trumpet, but it's intentional that they're using a cheesy sounding fake horn. You know, uh-huh. people, people are like, well, <laughs> you just don't get it, man. <laughs> you rolling stone guys sitting in your ivory tower. <laughs> yeah. And also, I guess just like with them, I, I mean, something that I've always felt like is that it doesn't, it, I mean, this sounds silly to say like that the sound doesn't matter because the sound of course matters. But I think that the thing that like sort of uh, sort of bolsters their stuff is that the songs are great, you know. Yeah. That like, um, and so I mean, I guess that's why it sort of resonates with so many people. That it's not like, oh, it's just drum machines and sometimes nonsensical words. That there are mm-hmm. some, you know, in looking at the spreadsheet of all the songs that you have posted. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, I mean, and I'm not, I would say, I certainly think that they are 
fantastic. But as I grew up, like there are definitely some records where I'm like, I've never even listened to that record. But like there are, there were so many songs that I know and love and think are amazing compositions and memorable and compelling. Um, that it, that it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's incredibly impressive. It is very impressive. And yeah, the amount of songs, like, I, I keep coming back to this in episode four, me and my friend Matt talked about alienations for the rich. <clears throat> so we were thinking about artists who have been going pretty consistently, like for a long time. We're like, okay, well, how many songs has Dylan written total? How many songs has he recorded? It's like 350. How many songs has Springsteen written and recorded? It's like 317 or something. So they might be giants in less time have written more songs than Springsteen <laughs> and Dylan combined. And I think that is just bananas. <laughs> that is just <laughs> they crazy. Have lapped, they have lapped <laughs> Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan. <laughs> it's nutty. That's Even nuts. if those two teamed up, like they formed their own little duo, Still not as many songs. <laughs> they would have half as many. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't uh, make any sense. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so, okay, so you uh, really got into them on Flood. You went back to the first two. So then, I guess the first one to like, did you get Apollo 18 right when it came out then? Because you were solidly a fan then. Yeah. When Apollo 18 came yep. out. Yeah. Yep. Uh Got your own copy on CD right away. I think I remember liking some songs. I don't think that it grabbed me as much uh, as Flood. I kind of felt like it almost sounded like thinner than it. But although now, like, I have since kind of come back to that record. And I think that the songs that I didn't even initially like, I think that, that sometimes with this band that there are songs that I don't initially like, but then I come back to later and really like, like, I think um, there's some songs on Lincoln that when I first got it, I of course loved like the hits, of course, Anna Ang. Um, but I think since I have revisited it, um, and when I say recently, I mean like in the last 15 or 20 years. Um, yes, in your adult, like, adult years. Yeah. Yeah, but that that like there are songs on there like uh, uh, I've got a match I think is such a great great song, um, and that was a song where and maybe it was just my age and sort of being angsty adolescent person was like it's a slow song or something. Right, um, right, right, right. Yeah. So you yeah. know, I think that that, that episode Apollo- that episode will be coming out soon. I recorded that with a fellow in Warsaw, Poland. Oh, really. Yes, Maciek. How did how did you find each other? They might be giants. Uh, the the miscellaneous T fan Facebook group. Got I'm it. I'm finding people all over. I've had people on from Canada, England, Poland, uh, Australia. Franz Nikola was in the in Ukraine when I talked to him. So things going friggin' international, baby. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but yeah, this is so the I kind of band like, that, like, yeah, you understand more. There's things like surface level that you really like when you're younger, or you, you think you get the lyrics, and you think, like, you're a teenager, and you're like, oh, I'm so smart. I'm listening to this smart band. Um, uh-huh. But then when you're older, you go back, and you're like, oh, wow, there's even more there. Yeah, yeah. Now, I happen to be someone who lyrics, like, 
I, I think I tend to be a very concrete person to think like symbolism sometimes just goes over my head. Sometimes like in books or even in movies, like when the ending is, is not like very linear. Um, uh-huh. Sometimes I have a hard time and need my friends to sort of translate and be like, what the, I don't understand what happened because it wasn't like explicitly laid out for me. Um, yeah. So there are a lot of their lyrics where I'm just like, I have no idea what they're talking about. That's all. Just that I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mentioned to you that on this exclusive episode I just released, um, I brought you up and because um, we were talking about that, how how I, I loved your lyrics and I love theirs, but they're completely opposite. Cause one is like, yours were just like, I'm going to tell you what I fucking think. And it's, you know, like uh-huh. <laughs> here's what it is. And it would be, you know, hilarious and insightful while they might be giants. It's like, you're like, what's it about? You're like, yeah. wait, is but, it, is it but, really about but, a worm that can play the drums? <laughs> but there are times where I feel like even if, if they are, nonsensical to me um but there are times where like i feel like it kind of like pulls on your heart strings or it resonates with me in an emotional way anyway like even sure. though like i feel like there are songs like in anang like the the line they don't need me here and i know you're there like um like lines like that like i guess that one's a little bit straightforward that even I can sort of understand what the, that <laughs> line means, at least I think. Um, but like there are lines like that and there are plenty of other ones that, that I feel like emotionally resonate with me, even if I don't necessarily know what exactly they're saying. Um, you know, yeah. I that was very cool about them as well. Yeah. I think the idea is that you can twist it to whatever you want it to, you know, be about specifically they don't they don't make it so specific um but but yeah so um i guess let's talk about see the constellation in particular so off of apollo 18 you're saying you appreciated it a little more as you went back was see the constellation one that you liked right away when you got the album uh yes Definitely. nodding your head yes absolutely yeah, yeah i think that there were some songs in there that like it hit me right away i think like uh uh, mammal was, you know, <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Uh, I think I loved statue got me high, uh, from the onset, but see the constellation was the hit for me on that record for sure. Hell yeah. So as, as a young Adam, what, uh, what drew you to this song? You know, I think that I am a sucker for like a sing along song. And I feel like, and, and I like, I mean, at least what I think I have such refined musical taste. No, but I like a lot of different things, some of which doesn't seem like it is conventionally catchy or sing-songy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think like f- that so many of their songs, and that song in particular, is just like, and here's where I'm not articulate at all, because it's basically just like, <laughs> I really like it. The tune yeah. is great. I think that like the chorus is just like hooky and, and awesome. And I, I was, I was just um, sort of just like was just scanning through just before we got on uh, the call thing or whatever this noun is called this medium. <laughs> the video um, call. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I was, and so I ended up on the, you know, from the link on the, uh, on the spreadsheet, the, this might be a wiki thing. And yep. so like, 
I was just reading, like, the song part, like, I, <laughs> you know, I've heard <laughs> it says that the one, two, three, four, 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 that sort of, like, repeating thing yep. is a sample of a D.D. Ramone count-off. Yep. Yeah. And I've heard that particular count-off 800 gabillion times before. <laughs> My kids yeah. love the Ramones, so that was also, nice. like, a time when, uh, did I say they love the Ramone? <laughs> they love the plural Ramon. The Ramon. They, they only love one of them. That's right. Just one. Um, which, but I which one? Not Johnny. Can't be Johnny. No. Too uh, too reactionary. <laughs> too Republican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but rest th- in peace. But just saying, like I'd heard that, but I'd never put it together. I'd always wondered, like, oh, what is that? Yeah. Little did I know, there's this internet thing that has all <laughs> the information about everything. <laughs> All the answers. Yes, I yes. cite the wiki on every episode, because how can I not? It's the starting point. How can it not be? And I'm getting to know a lot of the, the guys who have... Well, one of the guys who's a big editor on the wiki is going to be on an episode. And uh, I told oh, him he wow. should start... I told him he should start doing, like, uh, John's Correction Corner. And, like, after he listens to the episodes, he even pledges to the Patreon. <laughs> but then he's always like, oh... Well, this, you know, actually this came from this and blah, blah, blah. Well, did you hear this? And I'm like, you should just record a thing and I'll just plop it on like editor's note. Uh, Greg got this wrong on the last episode. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) That would be hilarious. But yeah, the the, the Didi thing is great. Um, Before uh, we get any further into the production of the song, have you heard the Dial-A-Song version from Huey Bad? I have not. I have not. I'm going to send you a link. Now, there are these bootleg compilations that came out in the early 90s that we, I don't know, they're, they're not credited to anyone. Ooh. Hi, this is John. They might be trying to thank you for calling our Dallas song service. Call back anytime for another song. Tell your friends. It doesn't cost any extra money. There's no money charge. It's just a regular call to Brooklyn, New York. It's far away. We're sorry. If it's close, we're happy. If you'd like more information about They Might Be Giants, write the Information Club, which is on our records. It's a thing where they'll send you stuff about us in the mail. See you later. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. there is listed as demo two i can't seem to find a demo one but we're talking early 90s here but there's no dd in this one oh right and as you know um i only have one headphone on because i'm really cool um (laughs) but also i don't hear like the the harmony like at the chorus which is i think it's i think it's pretty much flansburg solo is what I'm thinking. That that version is pretty much just yeah. Flansburg, I would think. Right, right. Yeah, I think the the John Linnell, uh harmony there in the chorus is awesome. 
So apparently John Flansburg in 2012 was asked about the, um, there's a fade out at the end of the dial-a-song version that you listened to before. Mm-hmm. And he's, they're asking what's underneath. There's some weird stuff under the fade out. He said, I'm not positive, but I'm guessing it's an unfinished track from that project called I Miss Side 2 that had already been scrubbed by the time the track was being mixed and it was folded in for psychedelic texture. But just listening to it now, it's so timidly placed, it almost sounds like an accident. songs that doesn't happen these days like this is something that like recording to analog i mean you recorded to four tracks and stuff right Mm -hmm. back in the day and like weird stuff would happen like that that i don't think happens i mean you can get weird digital artifacts and stuff happens recording digitally but i feel like whether he did it intentionally or not i feel like that's something that is like too weird to happen if it were past like you know, 1996 or something. Right. There, there must be, I guess now with, you know, different sort of technology being used that there are probably different sorts of valuable mistakes. If that's, if that's Mm -hmm. a way to describe it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess there isn't that one particular one. I remember with the four track, yeah, that it would play what was, if you had recorded both sides on it, it would record, it would play back the thing backwards and stuff. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not familiar with this particular, uh, you know, uh, sort of, uh, thing in the back of the, of the song, but, uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. even sure what the, this project called. I miss side two. So they're saying that they, they'd scrapped that project, but there was something underneath. And that's see again, like the, it's crazy that I can still be finding stuff out about a band that I've loved for so long. Yeah. There's just so much to to uncover here. They're just so prolific, and just just the fact that they have 900 songs, but have scrapped projects. You think like, oh, they put out every single song they've ever written, but that is not even close to the case. It it is kind of unfathomable. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't, how do the, I? It seems like there must be something. I wouldn't say wrong with them, but like there is something that is unusual about sort of like. <laughs> people who can kind of write such a uh, large quantity of music and just kind of keep doing it and not, 
I don't. It's 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 amazing. I'm quite jealous of it. And I feel I feel like I can remember the car that I was driving at that point. Oh um, yeah. And yeah, and like and like when that came out, I I remember a lot about that record because I think it came out what what year in ninety ninety two. So that was the year I graduated from high school. So like, um, we there were definitely like my friend Paul definitely made a forty five minute side of a cassette where it was just Spider over and <laughs> over and over again, and. We would play it and and just see if we could irritate the other people who were in the car by listening to that. But um, so he invented that that I mean that's like a YouTube genre at this point where it's like this thing for ten hours or whatever. Where have you seen these videos? I don't know who spends I, their time have, doing this. I have not. Um, I think. I th- yeah no I haven't. Oops. Um, no, I it, have not. <laughs> I have not seen those videos. It'll be a thing like, you know, like uh, the Simpsons sideshow Bob stepping on rakes for <laughs> ten hours, oh and they just like loop it. And like, why? <laughs> I the mean, I think it's the same kind of, yeah. is a wonderful time to be alive. Well, hey, nineteen ninety two, you guys were uh, looping Spider for forty five minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I think you can hear in there that the the main things that make the song great are already there. I mean, it's yeah, pretty oh. fully fully formed as far as melody yeah. and harmony har- or harmonic progression goes. Definitely. And then, yeah, the uh, the Linnell, the accordion I'm, added in I'm, later. I, I didn't hear any accordion, did you? No, I didn't. But yeah. it also sounds like, and I know it's dial you know dial song thing, but it sounds like it is being played over the phone and someone is recording it on the other end of the phone. So yeah, um, it's a pretty uh, wild ride. If you listen to that whole thing, there'll be a lot of songs that you've never heard of. Even, even me, I've considered them my favorite band for a long, long time. I've kept up on every album. I've bought every album. I'm doing this podcast and I'm still going back and finding songs from the classic era. Like there's a song called bread hair. What the hell is that? Like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I do not know what bread hair is either, but I, bread I had, I was once diagnosed with it and it was, <laughs> it was another story. So something that I would like to know from you at some point, maybe uh-huh. a little bit. Um, so as someone who sort of like, I think missed a, significant chunk of their uh work and i guess when one has 800 songs to choose from it can be a little bit overwhelming to try and uh have re-entry um i mean i definitely loved like the uh abc's the science record you know our kids were kids rather than large adult-ish looking (laughs) humans um uh when those came around so like we spent a lot of time with them like I feel like I know some songs off uh, John Henry and Factory Showroom, but I didn't love those records aside from there are a couple songs on each of them that I absolutely loved. But Mm -hmm. I'd say as a whole, like they didn't grab me. So I think I kind of, you know, probably stopped paying attention for a little bit. But then, you know, I love the song on the newest record. The communists have the music like, um, 
and there have <laughs> been songs sort of intermittently that I've, but they're definitely like a whole slew of records. Like, are there any of post factory showroom era that you would say are like, Oh, you should totally check out. Oh, good Lord. For sure. I'll that's- also, I'll also link you to my four hour Spotify playlist uh, after this. All and, right. Uh, you can take a sampling, but uh, as far as, yeah, there's a big debate over the album that came out after um, Factory Showroom. Um, was called Mink Car, and okay. m- there's a big debate over whether it's genius, like I think, or complete trash. For some people, I just found out that people like hate this album, which is crazy to me because it's mm-hmm. like a really eclectic album, almost like the way the first album is. Where uh-huh. I wouldn't say there's stuff that's as artsy as like Chess Piece Face. But there are some really yeah. weird songs and then some really, really catchy songs. So I love Mink Car. That came out, actually came out in 9-11. Um, okay. Then uh, The Else in 2007, that was co-produced by the Dust Brothers, who have worked with like Beck and Beastie yep. Boys and stuff. It's, uh-huh. one of the, it's the only album that um, they had a, a co-producer on. Um, oh, okay. So that's big. Like the, the guitars are louder. The drums are crazier it's like it's almost like their punk record um oh. and then there what um well they put out three albums last year i don't know if you knew that <laughs> wow uh they released the song every wednesday so they released an album in january and then they released a double disc album uh collecting those wednesday song dial song songs in december and then another album called the escape team which was a collaboration with a comic book artist where each song is about a character of this comic book. So they released three albums, but the one that came out in January is called I like fun. So that came out just okay. a little over a year ago. That one is really good and really weird and dark as well. Okay. And some really cool arrangements, but yeah, so th- those ones stand out for me. I mean, I know I, th- there were a lot of albums. It seems like I said, Oh, just buy every album, but <laughs> they've released a lot of albums. The mink car, the else, and uh, I Like Fun, I think, would be like the top fun. three from this uh, All right. century. I'll put them on yeah. my tasks list. <laughs> yeah. I Like yeah. Fun and else. All right. Uh-huh. There they so, are. yeah. So, okay. So, um, see the constellation. Have you, uh, well, actually, your Adamant's package covers of... I mean, you you are at least fifty percent uh, responsible for getting me into the Mountain Goats. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, that combined with um, let's see, I think we shall all be healed came into our college radio station when um, my wife was uh, co- like director there, and it said, "If you like Neutral Milk Hotel," and we're like, "We do," <laughs> so uh-huh. we put it on. But then, but then I'm like, "Wait, the Mountain Goats sounds familiar." Wait a uh-huh. second. Redefining <laughs> music. Oh my god, okay. Oh, that record is four <laughs> ninths of the Mountain Goats. <laughs> <laughs>
I love that though, and I know it's because like you that that's uh, like a seven inch never came out. I think it did. It did eventually come out, right? Eventually, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, my, uh, a Facebook friend of mine, Matt Flood. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's saying uh, he 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 wants to, to make sure that you know that you you share a record label with MIP Giants because he's put out some of he's re released some of your records and he's also put out the uh-huh. vinyl editions of a couple of the old the MIP Giants records. I did not know that. There you go. Look at that. You're connected there. to the band. <laughs> you're you're going to have so to pick the package back up the- and go around the world opening for the MIP Giants. So by the transitive property, I have written 800 songs. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, tech, tech years on there too. You wrote quite a few songs. You put five full lengths. I don't know if I actually wrote any songs. I just took them from other places. Well, you, got me, and, you got me the dead milkman, dead milkman. You got me into the dead milkman. And, uh, I mean, and this woman called Madonna, I'd never heard of her. <laughs> That's a great cover. Fuck face. Thank you. <laughs> just working the, the term fuck face into a Madonna song is just genius. That, that is a, a very generous adjective. <laughs> Okay, so um, see the constellation lands at okay. So thanks to fingertips, which that just came out as an elaborate April Fool's joke. Those episodes, um, all three hours and ten minutes combined oh, of, of them. Wh- I um, missed that. <laughs> I started releasing them as single songs, and I thought people were going to call me out as crazy. Like, are you seriously going to do an episode about each one of these? And I almost did, but then we lumped together the whole back half of it. <laughs> so rather than one episode last week, Wait, I released like where's the cutoff that it starts at? Let's like, see, song by song, and then when were you like, ah, forget it? <laughs> uh, it well, it was. F- I hear the wind blow. Okay. Fully at, I think, I think maybe all alone, all by myself was where we started uh. lumping them together. But we got through. Everything's catching on fire. Fingertips. I hear the wind blow. Hey now, everybody. Who's that standing out the window? And then a couple got paired together, but me, me and this dude in Boston were doing it and we did it in two sessions. And then the first one, he's like, he's like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty drunk at this point. (laughs) And and I'm like, yeah, I'm tired. Let's just stop. And then the second one, we were, we were both sober, but we were just like, you know, like when you're a kid at a sleepover and like you stay up to past the point of like, you no longer feel tired because you're just like riding this like slap happy energy. And it just got like so wacky and uh-huh. it's, it's like super late at night. We're like two hours into the second session of recording this and we're talking, starting to talk about like <laughs> Catholicism or something because mysterious <laughs> whisper sounds like a guy like singing into a giant cathedral or something. It's like, it really I, went off the rails in a wonderful way. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that one. I love. <laughs> Uh, so, but, but there's so many tracks, but even without, uh, fingertips, even if that was one track, I, mm-hmm. there, there would still be like 17 or 18 legit song songs on this right. album and see the constellation is buried at track 13. What's the deal with that? Um, well, I could, I, 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 I understand why you would ask me being that we are label mates. Um, they might be giants <laughs> and I. Um, but I'm not <laughs> sure how much, uh, you helped them sequence this album, that. right? You helped <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think I did, but, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so I don't know. Um, I'm trying, I'm pulling up the thing. Uh, Oh man. I palindrome. I is also a great song. That um, one's already been recorded as well. I'm, I'm like yeah. 20 episodes ahead on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, which describes so many good feeling songs. is great. Dinner Bell um, is probably a top ten song for me. I love I love Dinner Bell. Um, or sci- science. So, so your question is is like why why is it that late in the record? Yeah, I mean, obviously we both really really like it. Shouldn't it be like a number three song? I mean, or is it just a testament to how many good songs are on this record? Yeah, but at the same time, like all their records are, uh, or at least all the ones that I am familiar with are, uh, kind of like I know I don't feel like there's a ton of filler, nor do I feel like their records drag at the end. I mean, like their first record and then Lincoln, like those those are and Flood, like I don't feel like they sequence their records like in a way that they're really just expecting somebody to listen to the first four songs and be like, nah, the rest right. is just whatever. So right. I don't know. Didn't I? Yeah. Even if you think about bother me, even if you think about whatever the label thought the singles were, the ones they made videos for, for were the guitar and the statue got me high. And those mm-hmm. are at six and eight. So even those right. are like further down than most singles, like most biggest singles are going to be. Yeah. One of the first four tracks. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know which. I don't remember the singles or videos for any of of uh, the songs on this record. But it is kind of surprising. It seems to me like I like like I had said before. Like when I initially heard it, the record, like it felt to me like, oh, this is the hit. This song. It's so like. Oh. Uh, rocking and catchy and yeah i really do think the harmonies in the in the chorus are are uh a good adjective oh there <laughs> i i think it's where it might be where flansburg really perfected his power pop uh songwriting uh-huh because he goes to that quite a bit especially because they soundtrack a lot of stuff still and mm-hmm. do um, you know, they've done a lot of theme songs and like, well, if you think of like Malcolm in the middle, the boss of me song, you're familiar right. with that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like see the constellation is like that. It feels like kind of like the birthplace of that style of his songwriting. Cause I can't think of really a song off the first three albums. That's really such a strong, like fucking just guitar led power pop song. It's almost like an Elvis Costello song or, or something. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's maybe it's too straight ahead of a rocker. Maybe that's why they buried it. They're like, it's not weird enough. 
Yeah, I guess it isn't. It isn't weird, but it at the same time, it's like it's still a great. Yeah, it is a great power pop song. I think. Yeah, and it's still different because well, it's got accordion in it for one. It's got uh, a, a sample of. Uh, an old punk rocker saying four over and over again. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's got but the, I don't think the, I even knew until I looked at the, at the, you know, at the wiki page just before the call. I don't think I even knew that he was saying four. I mean, I didn't even know that like, and I mean, again, I've heard yeah. the DD Ramon one, two, three, four, a few billion times, but like, I don't think I even knew that it was, I thought it was like, Hey, Hey, and yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> it the way that the the samples chopped and it's underneath stuff. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people like I was looking through some live versions and there's one where people are shouting along and I think most of them are just shouting "Hey." Um, so even as far as the fans go, are unsure of what they were saying. Uh-huh. You know, even people that are going to concerts in the in the modern day. Right. <clears throat> but anyway, just just the thought of like the it just makes you want to like pump your fists and like shout along, even if you don't know exactly what, you know, you just get the vowel sound in there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, but that's, but I mean, that's like a, I mean, I feel like as a, someone who has liked music, that there, there are lots of times, like I, I, I remember as an adult after liking the class for decades, like that there were times where I was like, I know every single, like, the phonetic syllable that is being sung here, but yet I have no idea what any of the words are. And then reading them and I'm like, Oh, Oh, I just thought it was, you know, these noises, but right. right. Um, you I've know, been getting the, the vowels, I've been getting the again, vowels right, but none of the consonants. Yeah, right. Exactly. So <laughs> at the same time, like for me, like not being too much of a, uh, metaphorical lyric appreciator i don't think in a lot of parts that that was okay yeah Uh, it's also the longest song on the record at a whopping three minutes and 27 seconds whoa (laughs) oh no i'm wrong the guitar is longer but nothing cracks four minutes i don't think they cracked four minutes till yeah something on factory showroom but they're uh they're very succinct but still this it's it's one of the longer ones. It's almost like a normal pop single length. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that's another good thing that speaks to the punk rockers, I think, that while people might not, might not outright label them as punk, uh, they definitely have a lot of the same characteristics. And it's just like, get in, get out style of songwriting. Do whatever and the fuck I, you want. I think <laughs> that there's certainly something underlyingly punk about, I mean... The here comes science. No, not here comes science. Why am I blank on? What's the science record called? Yeah, it's here comes science. As I was saying, here comes science. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you know, I think that's <laughs> there's something that's uh, somehow surprisingly that is uh, maybe you know, and that science is real. That somehow that that is. Uh, somewhat of controversy, maybe <laughs> yeah, terrifying I, is I terrifying, just, but I, I was talking about that. Yeah. I was, I was just talking about that. I'm like, that should not have to be a political statement, <laughs> but it, it kind of is. Ugh. <sighs> um, sorry. That was just me sighing. <laughs> oh, that's fine. No. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I wanted you to hear. So since you, well, have you ever seen them live? Never. Never, Never saw them. Okay. Uh, well, one thing that is interesting to me, one thing I like about their live show and their live records that they've put out um, is hearing what they do with the duo songs with the full band. Mm-hmm. So I found a live version that, again, just looks like someone's, I don't know if it's a phone. It says it's from 2008. So it, it sounds halfway decent. So I'm going to send you a link to this so we can see what they do with the five piece. They're definitely shouting hey, right? They're not shouting for. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think so. But it's still such a fun fist pumper. It's just a fucking rocker. How how do they decide what songs to play live when you have 800 songs? (laughs) Well, it's funny. They've actually said that they go to the fan wiki because there are set lists uploaded, even going back to the 80s. So they'll make sure they don't play all of the same shit at a certain city every time. They'll go to the fan <laughs> wiki to check. Like, wait, what did we play last time when we were there? <laughs> well, I guess that's a... <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Like the, oh, they, look, they seem like they'd be great. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. And you can see there's a guy back there with a trumpet. I don't and, think he gets on this song. But when they have live horns, it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I see a trombone, I think. Yeah, yep. Awesome. They're so good, man. They're so and good. And I must say, the people in the crowd saying hey uh, over and over again, their, uh, <laughs> their stamina is quite yeah. impressive <laughs> being able to say, do that for the entire the time. The song just gives them power. Gives them power, yeah. yes. <laughs> and that this one I think translates pretty naturally to the full rock band because, yeah. I mean, it's a rock yeah. Rock. I mean, I guess you use a little bit of the there's the little drum machines part. There's like ding 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 ding. There's like that little tinkly part. I don't even know how to describe it in the original drum machine. Oh, the yeah, like the kind of cowbell. Yeah, type yeah. Thing. Real kind of weird rhythms I and stuff, but yeah. Uh, Okay, so I usually do like a covers section of the show. Are you up for hearing two covers of this? Unfortunately, right, sure. not mine from back in the day with my friend Andy D. That would have <laughs> right. been crazy, but uh, I would have loved to have seen him. I, I believe he was rolling on the ground at some point. So here is a guy who has ended up on so many podcast episodes lately. He goes by the name Astral B. Uh, Astral B is the the um, YouTube channel, and 
since like I feel like since YouTube was created, he's been putting covers of They Might Be Giants on, uh, and a lot of them were just him on piano going back to like 2006. I was finding covers of him doing doing like when Hutch Harris was on, he had a cover of Dead um, from Flood that he had uploaded to YouTube in like 2006 or 2007, which I feel like that was pretty early on. So this here, so he usually just does piano stuff, but this is, he did like a little live set uh, with a friend, like a duo type thing, just like the Johns. And here he is playing accordion. Oh, why don't you give that a little look-see. Nice. I also love the sweet decal on the wall in the back there. Of the sax, the sax man. Do you think he learned to play left-handed guitar just for? <laughs> that that would be great. Oh, and it's a different key. You do pretty well on the harmonies. Yeah. Yeah, that dude there, the accordion dude, he's very talented. Very good uh, pianist. A lot of really cool... Yeah, if I heard it, I'd probably think it was them from about that era. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've since... Uh, yeah, so I found him on Facebook. I'm trying to get him on an episode. That guy, Astral B. It's it's funny. I think the the world of They Might Be Giants. They they have a very big fan base. But as far as people who are like obsessive enough to be putting up covers on YouTube and stuff, I keep finding the same people over and over again. Or I'll have someone on the show, and then on a later episode, I'll be googling a song, and then I'll find that person that was just on the show. I'm like, it's it's a oh really? It's a big fan yeah, base, awesome. but it's a pretty small world in a way. The uh, uh-huh. People that just continue to learn their songs. So I got one more, and this guy I had never s- come across before. So this one, Robert Ruby on YouTube, and he has this whole little story in the description here about how it might be his last cover for a few months. He's going to study abroad in Africa and won't have much internet access. Now, this was in 2010 oh. he posted this, so... I hope his Africa trip uh, nine years ago was fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. So, yeah, he says it's one of his favorite songs from his favorite album. So, see the constellation, and it's one dude, but he's multi-tracked stuff. So, you can go ahead and listen to a little bit of that. Oh, awesome. And he has what I'd like to call the mouth accordion. Yeah, the the melodica. (laughs) Uh, I think uh, I think it's called the mouth accordion, Greg. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
On the track breakdown, it says old keyboard at the end, replacing the sitar in the original. Oh, okay. I guess the sitar during the like, breakdown yeah. part. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to get to that part to see what the old keyboard is. I wish I could see what the keyboard is, but it's it could be a Casio thing. Oh, he does a cool guitar solo over the end that's not in the original. <laughs> yeah, he puts the bit of fingertips in there. That's, come on and wreck my right, car. Right, right. That was a nice touch. Oh, that's what it was. I was trying to <laughs> trying to hear what uh, was happening there during the, the fade out part. That was a nice touch. Nice job, Robert That's Robert great, Ruby. Yeah. That's only got 337 views after nine years. Come on, people, go check it out. It's uh, it's fun, and he looks like he's having fun. He's like smiling the whole time. Totally. So those were my two favorite covers that I found. There are some songs you'll find a boatload of covers, mostly just like acoustic guitar stuff or whatever. But I like to try to find the ones that are a little different. If guys get accordion in on it, I got it. There's a surprisingly right. few number of accordion covers. For a band that, that that identifies itself so strongly with the accordion, yeah, yeah, I I think the accordion is a underappreciated instrument. Yes, I'm uh, I play it myself, and I I think I had heard that on the on the podcast. Yeah, I'm doing it at this this I'm doing it. I think Doctor Worm's the only one at the first grade program I'm playing it on. But I'm playing piano. Oh, okay, I'm playing piano on Mammal. I'm playing accordion on Doctor Worm. I'm playing guitar on a couple others. Yeah, it's, how heavy it's, is the accordion? It depends what kind of accordion. I have um, one of my grandpa's uh, diatonic button accordions, so it's one that does not have a piano side. It's got uh, oh. two rows that that look circular like shirt buttons, and it's diatonic, meaning it's only made to play in C and G. This particular one. Uh huh. And my grandpa, he he died when I was pretty young, but he um, had. Well, I ended up with three of his accordions. So it would kind of be like how harmonica guy, harmonica players have like a crap load of harmonicas because they're in different keys. Apparently, if you played those kind of accordions, you'd have a bunch of different accordions. Two of them are, huh. are busted too far beyond recognition and our decoration. And the other one, we got fixed up. And it's like a 150-year-old Italian accordion. Wow. And that one is made of wood. It was handmade by two guys whose names are on it. And it's... um. Not very heavy at all, but my piano accordion is a full 140 bass key. Um, so they'll make other piano accordions that are a little smaller. They'll have less octaves, or you know, they might just have two octaves instead of two and a half. They'll have less bass keys, mm-hmm. but a full size are the one. Bass keys, the like buttony looking things. Yeah, the black keys, and those will okay. play your your bass notes and your okay ma- major and minor chords and stuff. And that one. I mean, I've I've played it live with some sets. I've done Neutral Milk Hotel cover bands too, and it gets uh-huh. it gets heavy. Leela, I bet it looks like it would hurt one's back. 
Yeah, I've 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 talked about this with a couple people that I think Linnell has back problems. If you ever see him, um, just from well, from, he also likes playing very heavy saxophones, and uh-huh. which have a neck strap and accordion, and he's also like got a boom mic over his keyboard, so like he's touring the world like this Ooh. over a keyboard. And I think he he may have some back issues, and uh, and I oh. I feel bad for him. But a lot of a lot of uh, instru- instrumentalists will like oboists get carpal tunnel a lot because they they have this very tiny instrument, and it's and right. it's a lot of weird things that happen. You know, doing something that much <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can take a toll yeah, on the yeah. body. Doing any one right. thing, and for him playing accordion, he plays smaller accordions than he used to. That's part of my why I have that hypothesis. Uh huh. Yeah. If you look at stuff like the the put your hand inside the puppet head video, and then you look mm-hmm. at recent tour stuff like his accordion, it's like half the size. Huh. So I know it is late for both of us. We've we've done. I think that'll do it for the covers. Anything else to say about see the constellation that you've uh, that just no, needs just, to like, be look, said again? Like I don't think about the lyrics too much of many songs, but I. I I love the lyrics, even though I don't necessarily understand exactly what is being said. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm worried now that people are going to come at us like you guys didn't discuss the lyrics at all. And the lyrics mean this and that. It's like that's cool, but yeah, it's just um, freaking cool to think about. Like uh, Orion, like you can even take a litter and think of like Orion. You know the you know the way they put those huge pictures into just like a few stars. <laughs> You know, to yeah. like no, yeah, it is. It, I mean, the yes, to think of how far away that stuff is is totally, totally, totally amazing. Um, but yeah, I love it. I, I think it's a great song. Yeah, there are a crapload of interpretations. If you ever have time to spend on this wiki, the interpretations tab goes to some pretty wild places. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some real tricksters on there. There's some jokesters, but then there's some people that really take the the meanings of the songs to weird places that I would never have thought of. And, you know, whether I agree with them or not, but they're, they're interesting to read sometimes. <laughs> I will totally check them out. Hell yeah. So the last thing I, I think we need to do, I'm going to make you score the song. One to ten with decimals or fractions or however you please. And what is so just... And this is compared to... I think we Other, say it might be giant. Yeah, within or? their canon. So, like your absolute favorite song in their whole catalog could be a ten. And how would you rank "See the Constellation" to you know in regard uh, related to that? Um. So I would say I think I would say a nine. I mean, I feel like there are some songs that I that I think are better, but I mean. I think it's a great song. It's yeah. not, I guess, I mean, it's not, it's not like, it's not, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe 8.5 or nine, because I think like, it's not, uh, it's not, it doesn't have the quirkiness of some of the other stuff that I love by them, mm-hmm. um, for those reasons, but it still, I think is a great pop song. Um, so I'll say 8.5. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I was thinking along the same lines, like, if you're going to say, you know, someone had never heard They Might Be Giants before, if you had to pick, like, one song and be like, check this band out, I mean, that might be a good song to win over, like, some real, just classic rock kind of guy. 
But like, if you wanted to be like, this song encapsulates the band, you probably wouldn't play this one. That would not be that one. Yeah. No, I would not think so. But it's still frigging great. So yeah, yeah. I'm looking at what else, because I've got my little spreadsheet here to, to see what I've rated, what I've scored, other things. <laughs> and But I do freaking love this song. Uh, mm, I'm going to go 8.9. 8.9. 8.9. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you picked a good one. Man, I love this one. Love it. Yeah, it's always been one of my favorites, too. Are there ones that you're like, I don't like anything about this song? They've got to be. Out of 800 songs, they've got to be. <laughs> I think once we get to the ones that are like in the Dunkin' Donuts commercials, maybe. I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't even know what those are. The lowest score I've given right now is, let's see, to... The specifically the fingertips whispered track of fingertips, the fingertips. <laughs> I gave that a four because it just creeps me out. <laughs> but the lowest score to a legit song I've given, given is a 5.9 to a song called Black Ops. It's a more uh, recent song, as in like 20, okay. 2014. And it's still a 5.9. I didn't give it like a two. Uh huh. But. You know, I mean, my guests pick the songs. So if they're picking good songs, you know. <laughs> I think, is there anything, you're telling me you don't do music anymore, but I, I, I want to play an Adam and Package song here for people who may not know you. So if you were going to pick the, the one song you would want people to hear, and it doesn't have to be Punk Rock Academy, because I feel like that's the one that everyone would, that that is like you know your classic song. I had the bumper sticker on my parents' minivan in high school. <laughs> my student attends my student attends the punk rock academy. Uh, what is your what was your favorite song? Like going out, you know, doing the live record and all that, or like doing it again at fest a couple years ago. Is there a certain song that sticks out as like one that you like were really still liking to to perform towards the end there? Um, I. I like the Pumping Iron for Enya song. I like the <laughs> recorded versions of most of the songs better than like the live uh, one, but I, I, I like that song. Sure. I will play that. Awesome. Obsessive, being, being, obsessive. My name is Enya. For her, I'm running this mile, and it will upset my parents that I am stopping a chance. I'm willing to do 
I put something on Facebook about actually I had a friend bring up that specific song because I posted just on Facebook like, oh, I'm talking to Adam for the podcast tonight. And so I had a bunch of people chime in like Matt Flood. He's, he's like, make sure he knows he's, he's been on the same record label. <laughs> I know. <laughs> then my friend Peter, who played trombone with me in middle school and since moved to, uh, he's in Denver now. Uh, he said, "No way! I still jam. Uh, I still jam those albums. Pumping Iron for Enya is a personal fave, and the Lobster oh, and the nice. Lobster Mobster songs." <laughs> oh, that is that is nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, me and my wife still stuck. One of our favorite uh, Animus package related jokes, inside jokes that we say around the house, is um, when someone in the crowd of that Lobster Mobster set goes, "Stop playing!" and then you go. <laughs> We just did. <laughs> I don't know why, but we say that all the time. Like if you, just, like if you're telling someone to stop, you can say like, "I just did." <laughs> it is a, it is a, it is a foolproof way. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to plug, uh, 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 like your favorite science website. I don't know. Is there anything you want to plug here in the the late? Nope. Okay. Uh, Plug, uh, <laughs> nope, I got uh, nothing. <laughs> Your old website's still up, I, I saw. It is. It looks very fancy in this oh, day and age. <laughs> it's, it's now cool again because it's so retro. Oh, it is? Oh, totally. Oh. Yeah. There should be more flash animations on it. <laughs> One of my favorite sections, for those of you that aren't, that are Animus Package fans, if you haven't seen this old site, is it just, what is the, the URL? I don't know. You I believe it is adamandhispackage.com that, spelled yeah. hilariously Jeez. A-T-O-M. <laughs> uh, the uh, misheard lyrics is my favorite oh. bit of that oh, website. I checked that out uh, recently. <laughs> the misheard lyrics, I think, for people that are fans. and Because you were talking about how with Clash stuff, it made me think of that. Right. With Clash stuff, how you thought you knew the lyrics, but you don't. And... Uh, and uh, you were a man known for cramming a lot of syllables into a verse. And so I think yes. that caused people to mishear some things sometimes. Yes. Although I'd like to blame it on the hearing rather than the enunciation, if that's okay. It's totally their fault. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, thanks again for being on Adam and let's, uh, let's do another one some other time. Awesome. That sounds good. Thanks so much. Yeah. It's nice to see you and connect with you, Greg. <laughs> yeah. You too, man. All right, good night and and congratulations on baby. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Might Be a Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. You can email me at This Might Be a Pod at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail. I want to hear your voice on the podcast. Call 224 801 2930. This Might Be a Podcast is produced by me, Greg Simpson. Please, if you like what you're hearing, go give us a rating on iTunes and anywhere else. Give us that five-star rating and please subscribe wherever you listen. If you really like what you're hearing, you could head over to patreon.com slash podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next time.